and the LOS is not concerned about the morality of it. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to understand. I mean, it's it's the Bible. Of course, it should be concerned about the morality things. It's It's a religious text. But if you look at the original intention of the author, that's not the case. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Mirror Scriptura podcast, the podcast dedicated to mirror reading the Bible. And today is the Moses Cycle, which is part five of the Mirror Reading the Elois Source series. And uh, this cycle was a little tough for me. It's uh, There's a lot of parts, but I had a hard time putting the parts together. So I'm still not real... Uh, comfortable with uh everything but i'll share you i'll share with you the pieces the pieces that i do have or the parts that i do have and uh so i think it's pretty good i hope that you like it so item number one so the alois is trying to move israel away from the golden calf uh worship and also trying to take Moses away from the Kenites. So let's start with Moses. Item number two, Moses and the Kenites. So let's start with who were the Kenites. The Kenites were a tribe of people that um, met the Israelites as they were coming up out of Egypt, and they were friendly to them, and so they migrated with the Israelites uh on up to the north and kind of settled amongst them. And they seem to be on pretty good friendly terms for the most part with the Israelites. Uh, we'll see in the, the Balaam cycle in the next episode that uh, there's a prophetic word leveled against them. And um, well, I'll talk about that then. But for the most part, the Israelites and the Kenites seem to get along pretty well. So that the counter narrative that the Elois was dealing with was that Moses was the Ken, was a Kenite, uh, a powerful prophet that served uh, some god. Doesn't really give a hint who what god he served. Um, but the Elois is trying to um, well, and also that Moses was the son of Jethro, who was a priest, a Kenite priest, and that neither one of them served Elohim. So the Elois counters that by uh, giving us the narrative of, of Moses and making sure that we know that Moses was a Hebrew, that Jethro was not his father, but it was his father-in-law, uh, that Moses served Elohim, and that Moses' father served Elohim. So on the one side, the Elois seems to be um, correcting this view on Moses and really making a distinction between the Israelite religion and the Kenite religion, or the Israelite God and the Kenite God, but at the same time trying to keep the Israelites and the Kenites on friendly terms. And so you'll see uh, Jethro... The Israelite elders uh, meet with Jethro and uh, along with Aaron 
and they're on they're on friendly terms. And they uh, Jethro, Jethro brings a sacrifice to Elohim, and they're all they all sit in the presence of Elohim. And so this this kind of indicates that okay, the Kenites aren't don't serve the Israelite God, but if they do want to, then the Israelites need to be open to that. So they're they're trying. So the Elohim is trying to make a distinction between the Israelites and the Kenites, but this at the same time wel- welcoming the Kenites into the Israelite religion if that's what the Kenites want to do. Item number three: the golden calf and the elders versus Elohim and Moses. So the counter narrative that the Elohim was dealing with here was that uh, the golden calf and the elders of Israel were the ones that brought uh, brought Israel out of Egypt, and so the Elohim is countering that by by. Uh, correcting that narrative and saying, no, no, it was Elohim and Moses. And so anytime we read about the elders in the Moses cycle, Moses is right there uh, with them. So when they go when they go to see the king of Egypt, it's the elders and Moses. Uh, the people that uh, the people that experienced God, God was the elders and Moses. So there's this attempt to try to combine the elders and Moses and then eventually just even uh, elevating Moses above the elders and it uh, the Elohim very clearly talks about how Elohim sent Moses and uh, Moses was the one that brought the Israelites out this issue may be furthered when uh, Moses, Moses is judging and Jethro comes along and suggests that Moses appoint judges so the, the counter narrative or the counter argument that may have been saying, hey, Moses was never a judge because the elders were judges. So how could Moses be a judge? And so this is an explanation on how that happens. So that Moses was a judge and he's the one that appointed the, uh, the elders to be judges. And then another arg- counter argument that, uh, or argument that the Elohim may have been dealing with is the issue with Aaron and the golden calf. Whereas they might've been saying, we should uh, we should worship the golden calf. Aaron was the high priest uh, of this golden calf. And so we, we respect Aaron. And so we, we should worship the golden calf. And the Elohim counters this by, by telling us the story of how the golden calf came to be and how basically Aaron screwed up and Moses was really pissed about that and that the Israelites shouldn't be, uh, by implication, the Israelites shouldn't be worshiping the golden calf, but only Elohim. And then also the Elohim is also sure to point out that the Israelites are Elohim's people. Issue number four, the Amorites and the Israelites. So as the Israelites come out of Egypt, they move up uh, by Moab, and then it seems to be in the Gad area, if you remember me talking about that in the last episode. Uh, this area that's on the, uh, I guess it'd be the east side of the Jordan, uh, this area that where the border tribes were and more, more easily influenced by foreign nations. 
there were armorites in that area uh, at one time. And so there's a narrative out there that is saying, or there was a narrative out there that was saying, hey, you know, some of us, I th- some of us in the Gad area are descendants of the Armorites, and so maybe we shouldn't be part of this uh, northern Israelite kingdom because we're not really of them, and so maybe we should form our own kingdom and or uh, break away and defect to one of the other surrounding four nations. And so the Elois is responding to that and <clears throat> pointing out that, no, no, uh, the Israelites settled that area. It's an Israelite area, and you guys are Israelites. So there are no more Amorites, and um, so this shouldn't be an issue. The Amorites were wiped out, and the Amorite kings were wiped out, so there's no more uh, possible kings that are around. And so you guys over there in Gad are definitely Israelites, so you need, you, you need to belong in the northern kingdom. Item number five, theological impact. So continuing with the Amorite uh, narrative, the Elois is, is sure to point out that the Israelites killed everyone. Uh, they killed all the Amorites. And, you know, this is, this is often a hard topic uh, for Christians to address in the Old Testament because this happens on more on more than one occasion where God uh, instructs the Israelites to kill everybody. Although in the Elois source, uh, they're not instructed to do this. They're just, they just do. And so uh, Christians have a variety of ways of handling this. Uh, on the more liberal side, they just say that the Israelites are wrong and they shouldn't have they shouldn't have killed everyone. And then, kind of in the middle, maybe you might say it's all it's oh it's just hyperbole. They didn't really kill everyone. They're just saying that to you uh, because that's how ancient kings uh, describe battles that they won. And then on the conservative side, there's uh, you know, God can God can kill anyone he wants. We all deserve to die. So there's various ways of, of looking at that. But my point is that to the Eloist, killing everyone it was a good thing. And when I say good, I don't mean like morally good. But he's just he's not con- he's not concerned about that. He is concerned about. Uh, promoting his political agenda. And that agenda is to make sure that those Israelites over there uh, in that area that the Amorites were in make sure that they know that they're not Amorites and that they stay within the kingdom. And the Elohist is not concerned about the morality of it. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to understand. I mean, it's it's the Bible. Of course, it should be concerned about the morality things. It's it's a religious text. But if you look at the original intention of the author, that's not the case. And it's not just in this instance either. It's, it's the previous episodes where I've talked about things where things that, that typically Christians think, think are bad, the Eloist uh, think is good. And it's... 
it's again, it's good in the sense that it's it's promoting the Eloist political propaganda, and uh, he's not concerned about morality. And so we really have to approach the Bible in order to truly understand it. Um, we have to approach the Bible to to know what the original meaning of the text was, instead of trying to read our theology back into the into the Bible. All right, well that's it for the Moses cycle. Uh, a little on the shorter side today, I think. Um, next episode, we're going to be looking at the Balaam cycle. And that's a pretty short cycle, so that's probably going to be a shorter episode as well. But I still think that you will enjoy it. I hope you liked uh, this episode, and uh, stay tuned for next time.